Welcome to Leap Listens. I'm Sarah McGregor. And I'm Roger Kalis. So Leap Listens is brought to you by Leap Create. We help organisations communicate to their candidates and employees. And today we are going to be chatting to Rob Ryan, who's had over 15 years experience in recruitment, marketing and strategy for a variety of clients and industries. A self-confessed geek when it comes to data. Rob, welcome to Leap Listens. Hi guys, I believe the term is well travelled when it comes to, uh, to to my experience. Well travelled, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Rob, there's so much data out there. How do you know what to focus on and how to make sense of it all? Yeah, so I think when it comes to data, you have to look at this from more than one angle. And when you think of recruitment and recruitment marketing, particularly for large organisations, what you'll generally find is that you have more than one system in place for recruitment. And classically, that's a a career site that's probably sat on one system, got an ATS system, that's that's another system altogether. They don't generally talk to each other. Um, Second thing is you generally have um, an application process that isn't easy. Um, Most application processes are quite bloated. They ask for a lot of information. Um, they're time consuming for people to fill in so applicants can't easily uh, fill those application processes on their mobile so what you get is a phenomenon where candidates will will hop between more than one device to complete an application which makes it just as difficult there as well Uh, so they're going through more than one system they're using more than one device and that makes it a nightmare to track so when I approach this um I'll kind of look at two things. So firstly, I'll look at what the ATS data is saying, and I'll use that to kind of look at what the the type of recruitment that we're doing for a particular role, whether it's an internal hire, an external hire, a referral, an agency hire, those types of things. That will give me a bearing on how we recruit for those roles. And then I'll look at the media data to show how we've potentially touched that candidate, because more often than not, the pass-through from where that person has been on media to to your ATS doesn't always work all that well. So you kind of have to make assumptions and and pair that data together. And that will then help you find the likely source of those candidates. And it's so interesting, isn't it? How the ATS, like how far we've come, you know, we're 2022 (laughs) and the ATS is still a barrier to, for, for candidates to apply for roles. Yeah, very much so. And I think, a lot of the time, what you'll find is the ATS, like the the people who are running these processes don't often have a say in, in what's bought. So, you know, you'll have an IT team that will want you to use something from their tech stack. You'll, you might have the procurement team who want you to buy a certain thing because it's cheaper or for, for whatever reason. And yeah, it can be a little bit of recruitment as always the bridesmaid and never the bride. So they never yeah. get to <laughs> what That's they're using. Term. So yes, yeah, so you, you quite often end up with something which isn't necessarily going to be great for that whole data and tracking purpose. Yeah, well, I, I won't take us down a, an ATS uh, rabbit hole, which I think would be probably a, a whole podcast in itself. Definitely, but we, it yeah, would. we certainly <laughs> feel that experience when it comes to integration of careers websites and ATS systems is a, is a you know a common thing that we have no, come across. No one loves their ATS. No one you speak to, they all hate them. I think the dream is to see 
you know, from recruitment marketing on social right through to hire. So yeah, having thing, a yeah. unified platform for everything, like like you would find in B two B or B two C. Exactly, you would. So um, is all your data that you review like digital, or are there other sources that you review? Uh, so yeah, absolutely. We'll look at other data. Um, and given that it's really hard to build a, a fully accurate picture using digital data, given all the challenges that I mentioned, um, and because recruitment is a is a team sport, um, and you know, you, you you particularly in large companies, you're dealing with lots a huge variety of different roles. So you know, each one has its own challenge. So you absolutely have to speak to hiring managers, speak to employees, speak to recruiters to get the full picture of of where. The, the candidates come from and Facebook is a classic example I, I use Facebook quite a lot um, but it is it is super difficult to see the end result in terms of hires and that's usually because when you're using Facebook to, to reach people they're not in a job seeking moment so it's great for that kind of awareness driving activity and you know you see the likes the clicks the comments so you know that you're reaching a good audience but it doesn't always translate so you have to talk to recruiters look we switched facebook on how did that go oh yes i've i've seen more candidates come through or this person has said this or that and that kind of gives you an idea another really uh, big thing for me um, and it's quite underrated is focus groups so um, whether you're doing that pre or post campaign so we have a graduate campaign here in serco and Quite soon after they join us, we, we we get a group of them together and we ask them questions. It's not just about where did you see our job? It's tell me everything you've used to look for a job. What was useful? You know, what one did you focus on? Kind of approaching it from that angle, I think, because then you, you, you'll find stuff that you've missed um, and you can get a, a much better bearing on on what you should be focusing on. And that's that's yeah. always something that's quite useful for us. Absolutely. That's a really great point. And because each department and each type of group of like early careers, experienced professionals, even in like different departments, are going to be looking and finding roles in a very different way. So we found ourselves, it's so important before we start a recruitment marketing campaign, that we are finding out those insights through focus groups. And I love a focus group <laughs> and research upfront um, to help inform the campaign yeah there's that question isn't it if you were looking for a job tomorrow what media would you use yeah, yeah. how would you approach it and that can be really informative in some instances um so yeah it's always it's always worth asking that question if you're struggling it's quite interesting for me as well from the creative side because i think we all have this utopian idea about a candidate journey and sometimes that's prescribed by an advertising or a recruitment employer brand agency about their view on here's where they'll see the ad and here's how it'll make them feel and here's where you'll convert them and i suppose we we can kind of prescribe that to some degree that's true but unless you actually ask the questions you don't always know and, and I've got this real thing about how when it comes to creative work as well, I still feel like a lot of the times the measure of success in the eyes of an agency is whether or not the client liked it. And we just have to move beyond that to um, how successful was it? Did it achieve the results? Absolutely. You've, you've got to stay close to, to the end result, you know, and, and looking at how far these people get in the process. And ultimately, are you making that higher? And you know, I've worked on campaigns before where kind of in my early days, we we're working on something for a, a large bank and we pulled together this new creative approach. It was bright and shiny. We pulled together all these bespoke media 
uh, suggestions that we bought and it was and we ran the campaign the stats were amazing we all patted ourselves on the back and then the client turned around and said what are you talking about we didn't make any hires and you know, <laughs> it was and it was uh it was an eye-opener and actually it was there was some political stuff going there because while we were doing that um a recruitment agency was taking the hiring manager off to the golf course and uh, funneling all the candidates through that way rather than through the campaign that they paid for but um yeah you have to you have to keep an eye on the on the end goal so with that in mind, how, how are you using data to inform your recruitment strategies, obviously without giving away any, any trade secrets that you wouldn't want to? Yeah, so I think once you factor in you know, asking, asking people and getting the anecdotal information and doing your research, one of the things I do like to do is looking at data en masse, looking at, looking at over a period of time. And broadly, you can um, take three sorts of approaches when it comes to recruitment marketing as a result. So first group is generally jobs that can be easily filled through basic marketing you know you've opened your job up you've put it on your career site you've you've put it on a job aggregator or a job board and butter being candidates come in and you make a hire and it's relatively straightforward so those are your kind of low-hanging fruit pot one almost pot two are your second group where they're a little bit more difficult to recruit and usually when you start looking at the source of those candidates you're getting it from a wider variety of sources so uh, maybe you've had to use a specialist site, you've had to go and source for some of those people, maybe you've got more referral or internal candidates coming through. Um, but basically, POT2 is more of a stuff that needs some planning, um, because it is slightly more difficult, usually kind of specialist or mid-salary style roles. So yeah, the third group are your unicorns, roles that are going unfilled or have a high percentage of uh, recruitment agency usage. Um, and these are the roles where you need to go all out and start looking at things like content, um, awareness driving activities, events, open days, bespoke creative, um, looking at your development routes in. Um, that's always something worth looking at. And you have to have a really good sourcing plan in place and, you know, review things like your paying conditions, all that kind of stuff. So that's your pot three. So that's that's generally how I try and chunk things up. And when I go into a new job, one of the things I love doing is just having a, a big data set and throwing your pivot tables at it and and diving into things and, and seeing what you get out and, and and start making plans from there good well yeah. sarah did say you were a self-confessed data geek yeah. so uh... yeah i'm part of that i'm part of that club as well so it's great to hear rob what would you say uh, is the future for data analytics in in recruitment marketing in the past year two years i've seen more kind of recruitment marketing employer brand roles being created and popping up um, so hopefully this is the start of things being a bit more professionalized and, and, and moving closer to that kind of b2b or b2c model marketing and having career sites and ATSs as one unified platform um, that have friendlier application processes that don't require candidates to kind of tell their whole life story as the opening gambit um, that allows them to use their mobile to apply um, so, you know, having, you know, recruitment versions of things like HubSpot or MailChimp or others where everything's in one place and also ideally where you can push all your marketing out from so that it's easily tracked is, is I think, where we need to move it. Uh, I think some companies do have things like that in place, but it is a slow process. But it's, yeah, I think hopefully we'll get to that point where we're not just layering system and process on top of each other and making everything a lot slower and more cumbersome than it needs to be. 
Yeah. Can you believe it? We're approaching time. 15 minutes goes pretty fast. But I did want to get this question in, which was things like virtual reality and augmented reality have been, you know, been a thing for a while now in recruitment marketing. I've certainly seen campaigns that use them, but I can't look at an article these days without hearing about the, the metaverse. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on the metaverse in recruitment marketing? Yeah. So, I mean, f- from a metaverse point of view, I'm, I'm a bit sceptical, you know, this idea of a ready player one style virtual reality world. Uh, or a bit like the internet uh, in Wreck-It Ralph 2, which, in my opinion, is a great film. Um, it's, <laughs> it's apparently still a long way off. And, you know, it's criticised by a lot of people for kind of wishful thinking and, you know, it's a long way off. Um, and yet, as a gamer as well, VR isn't massive. You know, it's still quite faddy. People complain about it creating motion sickness and it hurts their head and all this kind of stuff. Um, but if if we were to take all that to one side and kind of take blue sky thinking and say it's real and it's ubiquitous and everyone's using it, then there is potentially some some real uh, merit in, in the metaverse. And where, the, the reason I say that is because of the pandemic recently, one of the things we saw is where we shifted to more online using video and teams and other things like that. Um, we saw more candidates able to participate in processes. And again, going back to a, a graduate campaign, you know, we didn't have to have a physical assessment centre. People could join it from wherever they were. So we had a really good uptake. We also had more of our senior leaders involved in that process because, you know, taking a day out to go to Birmingham is a bit of a hurdle. But if they're just going to spend an hour or two, then they can do that and they, they will come along and it adds value. And thinking an, another stage further, if there is a real metaverse and, you know, you could have people visit your office, but not physically do it. You can have them physically meet the team, all of those things. So so a lot of the stuff that's happened recently has been really great for inclusion and for the candidate experience. It takes the whole virtual coffee to another le- level, does. level, doesn't it? Because I do get a bit of FOMO occasionally when I... I read about it and I feel like I need to be living in the metaverse. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm way, way out. <laughs> You'll be the only yeah. one there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we need to crack um, ATSs first. <laughs> well, this is it. We're still, <laughs> we're still stuck in that. Thanks very much for your time, Rob. No, Great thank you. talking to you. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It was really interesting. Really good chat. Yeah, no, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. And yeah, as I said, I always like to pipe up about this stuff. So yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that was great, wasn't it? I love talking about data. I I felt like I have so many more questions I wanted to ask. Definitely. But that's great because then that's more content for our future, future podcasts. But what's interesting is just how, like he said, the ATS it is so clunky still, mm. you know, and that whole user journey for a candidate from seeing an advert to hiring from a customer's point of view, if you're a customer, so B2C, they've nailed it, haven't they? You can oh, yeah. see where a sale happens and where they first saw the advert and you can track them all through that. And recruitment marketing has just so much further to go. But I'm I'm hoping that with the emphasis now moving towards more on employees, Mm-hmm. for organizations that 
they're going to catch up. Because I feel like that's been a 20-year conversation. And I know this isn't an ATS bashing podcast. It's not the theme of this one. But it feels like the jolt between the career site and the ATS is a conversation that I've been hearing ever since I was in employment branding. It's either legacy systems or, like you say, it's procurement, forcing a particular thing. But, yeah, that's never quite been nailed in every instance. We're championing the employee, aren't we? We are. Yeah, Absolutely. Every step of the way. Right. Well, that's it. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thank you.